Hey, let's have another devotion. We're in Revelation chapter 12. Last week, we saw in Matthew chapter 2, this story around the birth of Christ and Herod's attempt to kill the Christ by having all the young boys in, in and around Jerusalem, ages 2 and under, killed. And now in Revelation 12, we see a striking similarity. We've already established, we believe that the woman represents um, Israel. Uh, now, that would include Mary, but it's about more than just Mary, as we've talked about. And then we see the similarities between this beast with uh, seven heads and seven crowns and ten horns, and, and also this uh, fourth beast from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. There's another beast that's going to come up, by the way, in the next chapter of Revelation that also, uh, that also has seven heads and ten horns, but it's a different beast. All right? the, the, this one is given distinction. Here's, here's what happens in verse 4. It's a famous verse. People don't often realize that it's in the context of this, but here it is. Its tail, referring to the fiery red dragon, its tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that when she did give birth, it might devour her child. This verse is why I wanted to include this in the devotions for the week following Christmas. Okay, I know that you're well familiar with the Christmas story, but you may not have known just how much in the broad eternal scope of things was at play in the original Christmas story. All right, this describes, uh, see, uh, when we get to Isaiah chapter 14, you're going to see in a uh, cross-reference Ezekiel 28, Satan's original angelic rebellion, taking with him one-third of uh, one third of the angels of heaven. But this one third motif was also introduced in chapter 8, verse 7. There are seven trumpets that are to be blown. And when you see this trumpet blown, you see one third of something glorious taken away from it. Uh, here's uh, Revelation 8. Actually, I'll just start with verse 6. The seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were hurled to the earth. So a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and the green grass was burned up. And then the second trumpet, the second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain ablaze with fire was hurled into the sea. So a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures uh, in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third trumpet, the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star like a blazing torch fell from heaven. It fell on a third of the rivers and springs of the water. The name of the star is Wormwood. Also the name of the teacher in the book, Calvin and Hobbes. I have it on good authority. I read the anniversary edition of Bill Watterson's Calvin and Hobbes book, and he said that he did name the teacher after this, <laughs> this, uh, uh, this, this asteroid that's going to collide with the earth. And a third of the waters became wormwood. So many of the people died from the waters because they had been made bitter. And then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. I looked and heard an eagle flying overhead, crying out with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to those who live on the earth because of the remaining trumpet blasts that the three angels are about to sound. So the first four trumpets all included this detraction by a factor of a third uh, in glory. So this was a motif that was introduced in the first four trumpets, but now it does describe the fall of the devil bringing with him a third of the angels. 
uh, we see the uh, we see the, the the angelic rebellion in heaven described in Ezekiel 28:11. See also Isaiah 14 verse 12. We're going to study that in greater detail. But like we talked about when we introduced this in our sermon two, three weeks ago at this point, we see that that means there are twice as many angels as there are demons. That he took one third indicates that two thirds remained. Whose side are you on? And is it, is it the winning side? But to drive the image home even further, we do see the devil at work through Herod in last week's devotions in Matthew chapter 2, we know that this was, this was prompted by the devil, that he was trying to devour, he, he, stood, uh, he stood trying to devour the child as soon as the child was born. Wow. Uh, the story of Herod was more than just Herod, and it was more than Herod even knew. Herod was acting for his own selfish ends and out of insecurity, but he didn't realize he was just a puppet for a force of evil that had been at work for a long time. This same beast whose likeness is, you know, even described in Daniel chapter 7, which even at the time of Christ was an ancient book, uh, Herod had no clue. He was a pawn, all right? If you were to ask him, what are you doing right now? He would say, like, I'm doing the will of Satan's prophesied from old. Like, he would tell him, like, no, I'm trying to protect my throne on loan from Rome from an usurper who was born as a descendant of Jacob, all right, uh, the son of David, born king of the Jews. So he would not have even known it. He would not even realize that he was playing a part in this ancient celestial battle, as it were, you know, written in the stars and described by God and preordained and prophesied uh, later on in the book of Revelation. The dragon definitely represents the devil, and the devil was definitely at work in Herod at the first Christmas. There's more at work than these Christmas stories that can become tired. Let us not forget the epic nature of the battle and the epic celestial victory that is won by God upon the first Christmas. That's why you're off work today.